All right, everybody that's out there listening, welcome to Finesse Radio. My name is Lil One at Finesse Gang Lil One on Instagram and any other social media platforms. Today I have Mr. Larry Lavelle here. I let him, you know, give a little bit of background about himself and we'll go in from there. What's good, everybody? It's your boy Larry Lavelle, straight from Inglewood, California, now residing in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, I've been producing and doing music for about 15 years. Uh, Mr. 14 years for the producing. I uh, started off rapping, but quickly moved to the business. Um, I have a passion for not just uh, mixing this music and making it sound, <coughs> excuse me, industry standard, you know, as far as the quality, but I have a passion for making sure that independent record labels and artists succeed on their own in this game, especially with the time and opportunity that we have right now. So. I'm just coming on here with Lil One. He wants this information to get out to all of y'all, and I can't wait to be, well, I am a part of it, so I'm very happy to be a part of it. You feel we me? appreciate you for being a part of it. So you said that you were in, that you are in the industry for 15 years. So how do you stay motivated? Because, you know, I've been in, I've been taking it seriously and investing in myself since last year, and probably like every day I want to, you know give up this shit sometime because you know you measure the success based off of what you see on instagram and stuff now so you see right. a mug drop a pit or you know uh, some, some shit right terrible music and it's going up but right. you gotta you make you might have a decent little song out and right. stuff decent so artwork and it ain't cover and it just feels yeah it's crazy well um as far as staying motivated man that's just the depends on your determination on how you want to succeed you know what i'm saying because even when you work for somebody <clears throat> you're going to get trial and error and you're not going to always succeed the right. only difference between you know working for yourself as far as a record label or even you know a regular job mm -hmm. and being signed and or being an employee is the paycheck is guaranteed right so once you get out your head that hey i have to guarantee my paycheck yeah. the motivation never leaves after that that's true. Because uh, my main motivation, though, like, number one, is just knowing that I have ownership of my music. Right. I have ownership. When I look at the copyright paperwork, Definitely. the publishing says getting quick paper incorporated. Right. You know, when I look mm -hmm. at my distribution platform, my record label says copyright and published by getting quick paper incorporated. Yes, it doesn't matter if I got under a thousand streams, but bless me as a producer, I have over a hundred thousand streams right. on my own platform. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I'm blessed at the same time to, you know, be able to get out here and stay motivated and, you know, and market and promote. But as far as the motivation, you know, you just can't forget that you're working for yourself, man. You yeah. can't forget that you own this and you are going to give back what you put in it, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, and, you know, just real quick, as far as getting back right. what you put in it. And what I mean by that is, is it's not just in the booth no more. It's recording mixing and mastering that costs money but it also costs money to get your artwork it costs money to get a banner it costs right. money to you know even time is money at, to post it on instagram and share it a thousand times yeah but you got to think if you're gonna spend a thousand dollars on your on your song to make it and you only spending 25 dollars on your promotion what the fuck do you expect right that's true you know that's true these record labels are spending <laughs> if if it's costing a record label a hundred thousand dollars to make a song i guarantee you and you can go look this up yourself your own research that they are spending nine times the amount 
on the marketing alone that it costs to make the song. Yeah. Yeah. That's why they're winning. Yeah. It, you can't help but win when <laughs> it's pushed in your face. Right. Right. That's what I, I was just actually telling somebody that yesterday. Um, he said, yeah, it was it was like one of my, you know, little homies and stuff. He trying to get in, you know, being an artist and stuff. Right. So he said, like, I don't know. A lot of people talk to me about time, like as if they have it and they know they have it. But you don't you don't know you have it, you right. know, because you can, you know, something can happen, change a whole day, random call, whatever, you know, whatever, whatever. So why do you think you have time? So he was saying that, you know, if he was to promote a song, he would promote it for two years, you know, on that single song. I'm like, you know, and, and that's how people blow up. I, I was like, no, they they force you to listen to it. They force you to memorize it because they plan it 30, 40 times. Every time you turn on the radio, the song come on. In retrospect, though, as on an independent standpoint, mm -hmm. he is actually correct. Mm -hmm. Because as an independent artist, it's a lot harder to reach a broader scale. Right. Um, I have an artist that I worked with. Um, he was in a label situation uh, to the point where actually the wrong single was dropped. Oh. We had an executive meeting everything uh it was voted by 10 that a specific song was supposed to come out wow. but on the release date another song came out so he was in a kind of in a label deal wow. and he was forced to promote that song for 18 months but he made it work and he did the best that he could and he made sure that he continued working in the background in his situation and made the best of his situation from then since then everything's better the single before the last, this single that just came out is called Working. Shout out Havoc mm -hmm. to God Robbins. I appreciate you fucking with me. His last single dropped December 30th and it did 80,000 streams crazy. on Spotify right now to date. That's crazy. His last single did 121,000 streams. <laughs> so <laughs> wow. maybe spending a little time promoting your single is actually beneficial. Right. You know? Right. Just in retrospect as an independent artist. But the don't get caught in the hamster wheel. Don't just post your single up hey go stream my shit that's not gonna right you gotta get creative man you yeah. gotta learn how to communicate with people yeah or communicate with people who communicate like you right. because that's the only way you're gonna be able to reach them that's true it's about making that music reach the people so if you're saying a bunch of goofy shit like mm -hmm. i'm silly i'm silly i'm silly then you need to promote that song to silly people right but if you're talking money 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 then maybe you need to look at the hustlers in the streets or the ceo the financial people who drive the i8s and right. shit. but you got to figure out what your target market is right you feel me period and as much time as you spend in that booth right there and recording in there you got to spend promoting that fucking song is yeah. facts so you have to what are i would say say a new artist is starting out the top three things right now that he needs to to you know maybe is it you know recording marketing you know whatever uh well top three things uh the easiest i guess to start out with the easiest if you want to turn this from a job to a career the Three easiest things that you need to do is one, you need to not rap on YouTube beats. <laughs> that is the yeah. first thing that you need not to do. Yeah. I understand that it's fun rapping. I know that you want to exercise. <laughs> I know that you want to get in the booth. I know that you want to track the song before you buy the beat. <laughs> but when you're turning from 
just a rapper into a record label independent because when you own your music you become a record label you have to understand that you're taking on that responsibility whether you want to or not so you're stepping onto another plateau is you're out the streets now it's no more just rap now you got to look at it as how can i turn this 50 dollars beat into five million right this $50 beat, I'm not even really feeling because that's what a lot of these artists do. A lot of these artists get on records. They don't want to get on with people they don't like. Yeah. That's just the business. But do you have the will and the determination to actually do the business? So number one, stop using the YouTube beats and focus on the business part. Number two, find you a good engineer and be okay with investing in him, period. Your engineer is key for you having the industry standard sound to be able to compete with the major artists that you want to compete with, like Drake, Meek Mill, Rick Ross, some of the artists that people think is garbage. Hey, no diss, but hey, I'm not a big fan of Little Yachty, but the nigga got a Sprite commercial. So, hey, we got to look at things like that. Continuously on on the second thing, on the third thing, I'm, I apologize, on the third thing, just believe in what you're saying in your music when you go in that booth because what you say will come to life yeah period yeah it sound that sounds like a complicated answer <laughs> but it's really easy yeah when you go in that booth talking about fucking bitches and hoes just know that's what's going to come around you while you're doing For this real, shit. that energy that message For real because uh <laughs> real hip-hop is coming back around so because yeah. the energy is getting powerful and the messages are actually coming to life. So yeah. pick what message you really want to put out when you're doing this shit. Yeah. Those are the three things I feel like are important, man. Just no YouTube beats, you know, the business, you know. Um, honestly, I forgot the second one. I'm high. We you wrote say, it down. You say YouTube. Get a good engineer and be okay with investing in, in him because your engineer, he knows more than just that board most of the right. time especially if you pick a good engineer. What I mean by a good engineer is an engineer that can understand your artist language without you knowing the terms. Mm -hmm. For example, I get artists coming in here all the time, you know, since before the shutdown. Hey man, can you, you, you got that Drake effect? Yeah, I know what you're talking right. about, I got you. Right. Hey man, how do you make the beat sound like it's outside the club? Hey, I got you. Right. Like, right. usually if your engineer don't know those like simple things, like be able to translate that language, either mm -hmm. he ain't been in the game long enough or he's lazy, Yeah. period. Cause your engineer is gonna know exactly what to do to your music to bring your sound out. Yeah. Not his. Yeah. If you have any engineer or any beat maker that comes and tells you, hey, no, fuck that, you need to do this, that is the day you stop working with him. Yeah. Because this is your art, you are hiring him, whether it's through a deal or, or work for hire, mm -hmm. you're hiring him to bring your message to life. So make sure you get a good engineer that understands and that wants to bring your message to life. That is very important. How important is it to have that connection with somebody you work with because you know, y'all do have to collab because even though, yeah, it is your vision, but you know, that second ear. Right. He hearing something that you're not. You but know? there's but there's a way to deliver that message. And mm -hmm. great engineers know how to deliver that message. And usually nine times out of ten, when a great engineer delivers that message, mm -hmm. he'll do two things. He's gonna still do a version of that right. for the <laughs> artist to hear. Yeah. Compare and, then and contrast. To compare and contrast. <laughs> And then secondly, the artist is probably gonna come back like, hey man, that shit still don't sound right. Okay, 
I got something for you. Mm-hmm. And you play that, and nine times out of ten, guess what? The artist is like, damn, that's exactly what I was trying to do. Yeah. Well, that's what I was explaining to right. you. In the, and then that's how you build your relationship yeah. and build your communication. And he still learns and understands how to bring your art to right. life. And that's trust. That's trust. That's too. a lot of trust, man. For real. That's a lot of trust. <laughs> Definitely. This is going out to the world. Yeah. You yeah. feel me? To Forever. Seventy Forever. years at least. Facts. At least. Right. By the way, if anybody didn't know that, when you publish and copyright your own music, the copyright lasts for 70 years. That is why these record label deals and these albums are worth so fucking much because they last so long. There you go. 70 years. You can, you can Don't give believe. up your rights for 70 years. Exactly. Don't believe me? Look up Hasbro buying Death Row Records for $4.4 billion. Dang. That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. So how do that work? So basically, copyright and publishing. They bought Death Row's entire catalog, the copyrights, the wow. masters, and the publishing. Wow. So they own it now. Wow. So, so instead they get of, paid off that. Exactly. They get Hasbro, Transformers, uh, you know, whatever. Marvel, Mar- uh, uh, the, the toy maker. Hasbro, the toy maker. That's crazy. The toy on maker. Death's Ro- on Tupac. De- they own Tupac's brand now. Yes. That's crazy. They also own Murder Was The Case. I believe, was it Murder Snoop. With The Case yeah. on Death Row Records? Yeah. I believe so. They own anything that is, is in Death Row Records catalog right now. And whatever streams and videos and plays is coming from them is going that's crazy. to Hasbro. And that's it's crazy because um, you brought up Murder Was The Case. I was going, when you were talking about having the energy, you know, be careful what you're saying because it'll could come to true. Um, Snoop Dogg said he sh- he wish he never wrote murder was the case because after that he was charged for murder, you know, accused of murder. And he was fighting that case and stuff during that time. So he said he wish he never wrote that song because of that, you know, don't that, you know, be careful what you're saying. Gotta have yeah. that energy when that's they why, you. and that's exactly why Snoop went from murder was the case to sexual seduction. Quick, because <laughs> he was tired of the bullshit. Be careful with your message, people. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Let's this out real quick. Okay. Yes, sir. Everybody. Shout out to No Label Studios yes, for uh, allowing us to have the podcast here. Shout out to King Rayburn and. Uh, B100 and everybody else on the No Label family, we appreciate y'all. Uh, if you guys ever need studio time in Las Vegas, um, come see us. I'm the senior audio engineer, Larry Lavelle, No Label Studios. Look us up on Instagram. Okay, so you're not just an engineer, you also produce, been producing for 14 years. Yes, <clears throat> okay, so how did you get into that? Um, actually, this is a very funny story. I was one of those artists that had a job at a teenage age and I was able to pay for my own studio time. And I figured out that you can buy beats exclusive rights on a website called SoundClick. But my problem was, is back in the day, um, the game was different to the point where you had to be major for them to even want to sell a beat to you. So I had $700 to buy a beat, but they wouldn't sell it to me. So I just figured out how to start making beats and I got on YouTube and uh, I was on a social site uh, at the time as well called MySpace and ran across a, uh, a geek in New York 
who put me on and was like, hey, man, it's this program called FL Studio. You can download it through LimeWire. So mm -hmm. <laughs> I downloaded the program through LimeWire. I had FL Studio 5. That was the very first version I had. And I just started learning how to make beats there from the regular sounds. I didn't have no sounds. I just was learning how to wow. arrange and make it snap on time, set the tempo. Wow. I spent literally my entire 10th grade year because I ditched every day of school except Friday for a whole semester uh, during this time to learn how to track a beat. Wow. And by the time I was done with that, I, by the time I got caught by my peoples and the school came down on me and shit, I was making beats pretty good by that That's with crazy. just stock sounds i was just changing them <laughs> up and stroop sampling i started downloading old school songs sampling putting the wow. drums over it and just you know it just became crazy from there that's crazy mm -hmm. self-taught self-taught man Only school, took of a semester. school school of google and determination that's it not giving up i, yeah. I didn't let the computer beat me i beat yeah. it you yeah. feel me so okay so what are some things that you know you've accomplished while being a producer um honestly man i've accomplished you know i got a couple of major credits uh i got a major credit with vh1 uh the robin china theme song um i have other beats on love and hip-hop miami atlanta real house uh housewives and all that uh shout out to dumark publishing and them um they gave me my first opportunity. Um, I also uh, was the original producer of the Bryson Tiller Don't track. Um, the reason why that I was not credited for that track though was because I was too determined, like, you know, a lot of young artists out here and I just wanted to get out here and make the beat and just put it out there. I know if I put it out there, it's gonna be a hit record. Well, guess what? I put it out there without copywriting it. Somebody got it and restructured it Bryson Tiller came a hold of it. He paid $700 for the beat. And the song ended up being number one and grossing $15 million in his first year. Okay, so I got a couple questions because that's crazy. So where did you put it out at? YouTube. <laughs> okay. I put my beat on YouTube. Um, somebody ripped it. Wow. Uh, redid it. Redid it. Um, yeah, Dope Boy Beats. Yeah, exactly. That's who did it. So, okay. What was your first reaction? when you first heard it and then did you know it was your beat when i first heard it see the crazy part is is i sold the exclusive rights to that beat to an artist already wow so he came back and told me like hey man a girl just played me a track with this, these exact same sounds wow. so i went in and i i peeped it and it was i was i was horrified i was like wow damn this is this is the track bar for bar for bar like the Whoa. baseline too the only thing different is a hi-hat you know and but that's where i learned about copywriting and like you know third-party loops and all that shit and if you're gonna do that shit you gotta copyright your intellectual property as soon as you do it see the fact that i didn't copyright it and i put it out there you know what i'm saying like i basically gave somebody the idea and it just got wow got to where it was supposed to you know what i'm saying that track was meant to be it was meant to be a hit you hear it wow you feel me you'll hear my version you hear his version it don't matter the track was gonna be a hit either way wow you feel me it was just it was just destined you know and that comes back to what i said just that energy i put the energy into that track i said this track is gonna bring r&b back 
man. And Tiller went on the road <laughs> with that shit, bro. Matter of fact, I'll even, let, I'll even add insult to injury. The nigga came to the city I was living in and did the song the day before New Year's, wow. bro, and had all the bitches wow. turn, nigga. Just, it was just all predestined. That was y'all just a lesson. Like, hey, little homie, you wanted to do this? This is your consequence for not taking the proper protocol and steps. But damn, let me start out with something light. Like, just have somebody take. That's Don't the, go big on me like that's that. The, that's the music industry for you. You either gonna learn your lesson, you gonna learn your lesson on your own, or you gonna learn it through the music industry through a 360. Pick, pick which one. Man, okay. So go to so that's why I be like, be on your business first. If you're gonna spend a thousand hours in that booth, you need to spend nine thousand hours learning. Yeah. How to protect yourself on yeah. in this game. Yeah. And really, this stuff is cheap because you put me on to a lot of things, especially copywriting and stuff. Um, I gotta do some more um, copyrights before I drop this project. But how important is that? Like, because okay, well, before I ask that question, how did you get um Oh, okay. Um, how did you get Robin China? Um, I had a manager at the time in 2014, around the same time I made that beat and put it on YouTube. She actually told me not to put the beat on YouTube, too. Wow. Shout out to Soyoli Management in Arizona. Uh, she did try to uh, warn me of that and of those things, but I was doing what I wanted to do. But it was because of her. She linked me with uh, John Wayne. Uh, who has you know Renee Vanzeville? I, I say his name wrong all the time, but his name is Renee, and uh, they got a partnership with Dumark Music, who works with VH1. So, um, shout out to Soul Yoli for putting that together. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so, I appreciate that, that. Like a low moment, then you know. Yeah, it was kind of. It was. I didn't know that that happened at that time when I had that moment when I got robbed in China. Yeah. I didn't find out about the Tiller track until literally three weeks after he dropped the song and i was in the cold part is is i was listening to bryson tiller he had a song <laughs> called one time with uh frost vegas i don't know if you ever heard of him he's from kentucky they're both from louisville but they did a song called one time and um it was really hot that's how you know people found out about him um it's actually an interesting story about that too bryson tiller has a project coming out called serenity and that song called one time is on the project called serenity so i think people should go look that up too that's pretty interesting so okay let me piggyback off that so the same streams that he'll get that he has based off of that single putting it back on a new project so say he get no no no, no. that song's not going to be on that project so hit bryson tiller serenity mm -hmm. and frost vegas serenity are two different projects frost vegas already has a project that released in, I believe, 2013 or 2014 called Serenity. And now Bryson Tiller is releasing his next album called Serenity. But you said they work together too? That's why I said people need to go look this up. It's That's a pretty crazy. interesting story. Might have to go check that out too. Go check that out. So where, where you know, what would people type, you know, or uh, Easily, Las Vegas, Bryson Tiller beef. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I'm going uh, to just write it down. Sorry, guys. Let me just shout out Anchor for uh, being a sponsor for this podcast, Finesse Radio. I am Finesse Gang, Lil One, on Instagram, Lil One, 
on all platforms streaming right now anything you know everywhere so let me just see okay so let me just piggyback off of let me go back to copywriting mm-hmm. <clears throat> how cheap is it um it's not it's not cheap actually um you can do it cheaply there's two ways to do it you can copyright multiple songs on one copyright or you can do it separately uh the reason why i suggest doing it separately and i learned this you can look this up yourself uh, a copyright is worth more separately because it's its own individual unique id mm-hmm. opposed to it being on an id with other uh, with other projects you kind of have to look at it as a chart you have 100 percent. if you got six things in there it breaks down that hundred percent, right? But if you only have one, you get the whole hundred. So that's why it's a little bit better to copyright each individual um, song. The only time you really want to copyright a project as a whole is when you're doing an album, mm-hmm. um, but uh, or an EP or of that sort. That's when you want to do it as a whole, just to make sure that you know if you license that entire project as right. a whole. You know, it's it's documented as well. There's just different terms, and it's a, it's a lot into that. You so know, you don't want to copyright all your singles under one, right? Because that single may not be on that project that you're releasing right. next. You want to make sure that you copyright each if you, each one individually, even if you copyright some songs twice, because the only songs that you copyright twice are going to be your singles right. or your album, right? So, but uh, you want to do two separate copyrights. You want to do one strictly for your lyrics and then one for your recording. If you do one for your lyrics and your recording and you sign a deal saying that you are giving away your masters or giving away your rights, then they own that. Kind of like Hasbro owns mm-hmm. Death Row Records now. And then guess what? You lose all royalties after that. So the guy who bought um, Taylor Swift's masters. Yes. He just get paid for all of that forever or however long he owns it for up to whatever projects were done under that imprint oh down so from the start of her career to before good stuff (laughs) all the hits (laughs) right for the next 70 years so and uh i think uh i think uh i think wasn't it dark horse with juicy j that wasn't it yeah was that one of the hits yeah didn't that come out in 2012 well, a minute ago it was that about was it was 12 song. or 13 some somewhere it was it was back in the day 60 some more years to collect though wow and that is a hit pop song they play that in gyms yeah they play it in restaurants they play it overseas party still people still stream it on spotify they watch the video on apple music they still buying merchandise for it wow there's Katy perry fans who just lost a shirt and that she signed and now they gotta go buy 10 more shirts because they like fuck it i lost the goddamn shirt so i gotta buy 10 more just to make up for that like that's how this shit work like the shit get crazy like is is really fans like that like that out there there's that's why they have billions of streams that's why taylor swift is worth over a hundred million dollars like as an artist she don't even write her music and she's worth over a hundred million let that tell you something that's crazy so Okay, the artist, she doesn't write it. She's the face. She was the face. Now she's starting to write. She started uh, writing more. But in the beginning of her career, when they 360'd her, she lost what's called creative control. Mm-hmm. 
which means that other people can come up and write for you and you can go on spotify it's my favorite this is why i love spotify for just regular people and for just artists you can go on spotify and check the credits of her songs and see the people who wrote on there if it was just taylor swift it would be just her name and the producer's name but if there's more than two names on that song somebody else wrote it period yeah yeah that's true that's true. They're getting points for it. They're getting paid for it. BMI sending them a check every 18 months. So are they more valuable? Are the is the writer more valuable than you know the base? No. To an extent. Not to even an extent. like as far as like the creative process, but you know, you know, network wise, you know, do they get a more oh, than they're the getting, artist? Oh hell yeah. Mm. The artist is the face the entertainer when you sign a 360 deal and you're not writing you got to look at it this way a song breaks down into composition arrangement production Mm -hmm. and songwriting composition that's composing music arrangement that's verse hook verse hook first hook songwriting that's writing the song production financing that Mm -hmm. that's the meaning of a producer he finances the music so if the music if even if he plays it he's financing the music you get what i'm saying or our guy right here if he called me and say l i need you to produce a track for me but i'm gonna pay you for the exclusive technically he produced it because he told me how to play it right okay you get what i'm saying that's the diddy method that's what we call the diddy method (laughs) yeah that's the diddy method that's how he produced last night um that's how he actually produced uh all of his singles even juicy that was Diddy. He so he just had the vision of the song and he hired the engineers to and told them how to play it, told them how to loop it, paid them wow. out. That's crazy. And that's all they get. They stop for them. Yeah. That's called work for hire. Okay. Yeah. Okay. When you work for hire, that's one time and I bought the rights. Wow. So what is the order then as a, you know, new artist or anybody who, who just didn't know, period, you know, what is the order for copywriting? Is it, you know, drop this? The-